This is the Rear Naked Chicks Podcast. Hey guys, it's the Rear Naked Chicks Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and I have decided to do an episode this week. I was contemplating not doing it because I'm headed out for a couple of weeks of family stuff. Uh, My sister's getting married. I'm going on vacation, but I had an opportunity to talk with uh, somebody from the community who I feel like is going to make a really good podcast for you guys. So I've never met him. I was introduced to him online. He came into the DMs to say that he would like to come on the podcast to promote his cause. I will let him share it with you guys, but uh, I think it's a really unique perspective that a lot of us uh, would be interested in hearing more about. So I will uh, get into that in a second. I need to remind myself and everybody else that I do have a website. Uh, There's rearnakedchicks.com. There's rash guards on there. There's Halloween rash guards on there. There's Christmas rash guards on there. There's quit drugs, trained jujitsu rash guards on there. There's men's rash guards, women's rash guards. Um, There's also some other gear, but Every once in a while, if you guys could stop by, check it out, see if there's something you like, buy something for yourself, for a friend, Christmas is coming up. Um, it helps the podcast stay alive. All this stuff costs money to host and distribute. So if you guys could help us out, that would be amazing. Um, this will be the last episode for the next week or two, depending on if I can squeeze another one in before I head out of town. Um, but we'll be back in action beginning of November regardless. And I hope you guys enjoy this. We'll get into it. All right. I want to welcome Richie Jewell to the podcast. Is that how, did I say your name right? Yeah, Richie Jewell. Yeah. Perfect. It looks pretty phonetic, but you never know. It's our first time meeting. So thanks so much for coming on. Um, So I, I guess I got in touch with you because you DM'd me at one point asking just about coming on to the podcast. You want to let me know how you found out about us? Yeah, so I saw you were like in the top five like jujitsu podcasts to listen to, and I was just like, all right, let me check this out and you know see what it's like. And I've listened to some of your episodes, and it's very, very good, and and I enjoyed it. And I just figured, you know, what if I like reach out to like you know get my name out pretty much and some like causes out and pretty much like talk about autism awareness and whatnot and hopefully that help could relate to people pretty much. So you do a lot of autism awareness on your social media? To some degree. Yes. Yeah. So what, what is it that you want people to know about autism and jujitsu? Um, so autism is a neurological disorder. So that, helps like comprehends learning and social skills and whatnot. So like when I first started doing it, I didn't have like too much friends and had very awkwardness and social skills and whatnot. But ever since doing jujitsu and whatnot, it has helped me gain friends and learn to be more social and gain more friends pretty much. And I think it's been like, been a, a very blessing uh, experience for me. So it's more of an unexpected, um, how do I put it this way? Unexpected um, blessing for me. So. So are you, are you hoping that more people who are 
in like on the autism spectrum will try out jujitsu or more that people who are doing jujitsu will have more of an awareness of people around them who might be on the spectrum? Well, for me, I think it's more of a little bit of both. Like I like encourage people with who have like um, cerebral palsy or, or down syndrome. I've seen people train with like, you know, have limbs, no, no arms or legs and whatnot. I've seen people with like cerebral palsy train and I've seen like, they go to jujitsu and, and this always helps people and, you know, and people get to like research about them. And so, and, and thankfully for the most part, the jujitsu community is more welcoming to like people with like um, limited handicaps and whatnot. So you, so even more so than just autism and jujitsu, just really the idea that jujitsu is for everybody. Exactly. Yes. So how long have you been training? I've been training for three years. Uh, last month was the jujitsu anniversary, and congrats. <laughs> thank you. And I've been a blue belt so for about uh, close to eight months. And where do you train out of? I train at Evolution Grappling Academy in Beacon. Very cool. Oh, you're not that far from me then. No. Okay, cool. So do you compete? Like what is your jujitsu routine like? <laughs> it's really funny because I was never supposed to compete in tournaments, but somehow I did. So, <laughs> and cause what do you mean you weren't supposed to, um, so about a month into training, I suffered a uh, seizure Oof. that kept me off the of mats for about, 10 days and then I went back in, thought nothing would happen. Then about two months later, I suffered another one that kept me out for a while, almost died from it. Oh my gosh, I'm so and, sorry. And no, that's okay. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to live to talk about it, so. And so pretty much like, I got off the mats for like a while, try to find out what's going on. And, um, and it turns out the seizures that I suffered from were from cause of autism pretty much. Cause I've yeah. read some cases that Same. some people can get him. So, so is it not epilepsy then, or is it epilepsy and autism together? I've heard some cases they're linked together, but it, thankfully it's not epilepsy. Cause I know some people that get it while they're born. Yeah, actually, I have a I have a ten year old son who has epilepsy. That's why I was curious. So, fast forward, I go see neurologists. I went to probably three different neurologists, two three neurologists at most. They said I could never train again. I can never drive again, and uh, have to be placed under medication for the rest of life, for the rest of my life. And um, so, basically, what I did was. Um, thankfully I could train more, so I couldn't compete in competitions. So, so for like about probably about two and a half years, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't compete. I, I just like watched, uh, observed tournaments and, you know, watched my teammates compete, root for them and like go and travel, uh, city to city, see what the tournaments are like. And then one day I just kind of went, you know, I just wish it would, that was me, you know? And then, um, 
then it happened one day. I was like, I got to do this. You know, they, cause neurologists wouldn't clear me for the time of day. And, um, what is it that they're worried about with seizures and competing? I think they're just mostly worried for their own safety. They're just worried about taking blows to the head or. Okay. Or just like, like adrenaline kicks in, but thankfully that hasn't happened with me yet. So, um, so what happened was like, uh, somewhere around January, I, I said, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to sign up and do a tournament, see what happens. And with doctors being, despite being told no by neurologists, I did it anyway. And um, I did my first tournament back in February in Newtown, Connecticut, Grappling Industries. And I was in a white belt division at that point. It was my first tournament. Um, I had three matches and I lost and I survived. No medical incidents. Hey, that's that's the best news there is, right? Yes. And then my coach promoted me in front of like 30 people who watched me compete. And it had like an autism awareness logo on it. So I just thought it was. Your belt? Yeah, yeah it was the belt. Oh, that's so cool. It had the. It had the album on it. It had like puzzle pieces on it. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know? That's awesome. That's really, that's, I love the stories where people get promoted on the podium in like a special way. That really seems to be like a, a cool addition to the getting promoted thing. Yeah. It's, it was just crazy. Now I'm just looking at all this stuff and, and I think I remember one time, <laughs> I think a white belt who was an opponent of mine just jokingly go, hey, were you a blue belt this entire time? And I go, no, <laughs> no, I just got promoted. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure of this. I'm probably the, at far to my knowledge, I'm probably the only white belt to get promoted as a blue belt with losing all my matches in my first tournament. So I'm not sure if that's a feat or something like and that. But it, it just sounds happened. like, I mean, I think jujitsu people are, are known for ignoring doctor's orders and, you know, just to cover my own ass legally, I can't tell people what to do, but certainly I've ignored a doctor or two when they said training was dangerous for one reason or, or another. And like, it sounds like you're overcoming things and that's the point of jujitsu, right? Not winning all the time, but like training, getting better, pushing yourself. And, uh, and I mean, if your coach said you were ready, then you're ready, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. My coach said I was ready. So I was just, I was just happy to do it. You know, I just to say, even if it's just once, you know, just to say, I just want to do it. You know, I didn't care about winning or losing at that point. I just wanted to survive. For sure. So how many days a week do you train? What's your training uh, schedule? Like? Uh, my training schedule. I train about three or four times a week. Um, and even evenings, so we get a good amount of um, lower belts, you know, and upper belts. So I like to help out as much as I can, you know, give advice if needed. But but what do I know? Because I'm a blue belt. And I get 60 more than a white belt. <laughs> more than a white belt. Yes. So are do you feel like? the jujitsu community has really embraced you and like it has changed things for you outside of jujitsu as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, thankfully I go to a gym that's very uh, accepting, very uh, friendly. 
and they fully embraced me and it, our room for each other to like compete or, you know, drive the best out of people. So thankfully I'm in that environment, you know, it has a good vibe. So. So what would you say if like a gym owner said, Hey, I, I want to be more welcoming towards uh, people on the spectrum or, or maybe like you said, people with like a, a wide range of abilities, how can a gym owner or even just members of a gym be, you know, welcoming and and provide like a safe, comfortable space for somebody who might not think that they were, you know, going to have a good time in jujitsu based on, you know, whatever their abilities are. You know, um, that's a good question, but I look at it as a way of like presenting yourself and always be friendly and welcoming and give them a shot, see what they like. And, you know, but thankfully, uh, I'm just happy with like, you know, so far, like I remember one time, like, um, it was like autism awareness day and, um, like usually it's on April 2nd. So everyone wore blue just for me. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, you guys didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? It's just, but they but did it because it was I, the right thing to do, you know? I think sometimes it can be hard to know whether or not calling attention to it is going to be a positive thing or to make somebody uncomfortable, no matter what it is, whether it's like for me as a female, sometimes it's like, you know, do you want people to say, okay, you know, treat women a certain way? Like it can be a positive thing if they're saying it out of a positive way, or it can be a negative thing if they don't fully understand. So like, is there a way that people can be supportive and bring attention to it without making it feel like a negative thing? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, but thankfully it was a positive experience and it was surprising and it was just very, thought it was very cool for them to do that. And, you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, take attention to it. And at most causes, you know, whether it's like, um, like cancer or, you know, I've seen, you know, tap out cancer tournaments, like, and I never seen like an autism awareness charity tournament. So who knows? I might be the first to do it, but who, who the hell knows? That's a cool aspiration. I mean, they, there's tons of stuff. There's like sub out domestic violence and right. Tap out cancer. I've seen, you know, people do stuff for for uh, animal shelters or or families whose houses burned out. You know, I think I think you're right that the community is is good at welcoming people for whatever it is that they're trying to promote. As long as they're part of jujitsu, it's like you're part of the family and, you know, they'll they'll support what it is you're trying to promote. Oh, yeah. Everyone has their own trauma everyone has their own journey everyone has their own story whatever it is but at the end day they come in on the mats they deal with it they grapple it with it and um it's pretty much it's a great mental discipline for for mental health which is amazing for some people because because at the end of training whatever um stuff that you're going through it gets it's stress-free at the end of the day. So at the end training session, you felt good afterwards. So that's the most exciting thing. I always love about that. Do you feel like, uh, being like dealing with jujitsu plus autism gives you any kind of special advantages or things that are work easier for you? Well, everyone has their own methods of learning. 
So I'm more of a visual learner. So thankfully for that, like most mammals are, they're visual learners. So, so with me being autistic, I could like comprehend stuff like a little disadvantage there, but thankfully for me, I could like do, we do reps and whatnot or, or how much you pick up as along. So you may not learn something in one day, but as time goes on, you just like watch videos on like YouTube, like with Danaher or BJJ fanatics. So I think it's really awesome that we, cause back year, like 20 years ago, we didn't have like YouTube or anything like that. You had like video tapes or you had um, like books, like about grappling, like, like, based on like, like judo Jean LaBelle would post, like read, write books on that, you know? How did you find jujitsu? Well, how did I find it? Well, I was actually friends with the owner before getting into jujitsu. I was a massive, um, pro wrestling diehard before getting into it. So at first I think he was trying to recruit me to do it. And I had some uh, hesitation about it. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is for me because I'm older and um, this is not, you know, I see kids doing this nowadays. I've seen like 16 year old kids like doing it. And I'm just like, they're going to kick my ass. I can't do this shit, you know? And he goes, no, listen, there's like people in their forties or fifties, you know, they're police officers. They're doing this. So don't feel bad. So for a while, at first he put me in a Muay Thai program at the gym. So that was starters that was just a way of saying you're gonna try this out it's like okay so <laughs> i did it for about um five months and then one day um during a gym day i was come down and visit observe what jiu-jitsu is all about and you know just hang out with the guys or gals or whatever the case is uh so one day, I guess he challenged me to a wrestling match to goof around with me and just to sucker me into the mats. And um, it, it was interesting <laughs> in some <laughs> retrospects because I kicked his um, bad MCL by accident. And <laughs> oh, no. And uh, thankfully, he didn't kill me. So I was happy with that. And, he, and my buddy goes, okay, you start the next week you know, for jujitsu. And I'm like, oh, this is where it's going. Okay. So do you still train Muay Thai as well? Not as much as I should, but, um, but I can't take like striking blows to the head. Right. So. But if it was up to me, I would do it. But So was, this was your first martial art that you ever did when you started Muay Thai and then jujitsu? Yeah, that was the first, that was the first I did. So, I mean, it's funny, like, pro wrestling, it's not really the same thing as martial arts, but it is, there's a lot of crossover. There are a lot of like little kids who love pro wrestling, who get into jujitsu, even adults. Did you feel like you had some sort of connection to the grappling world because of pro wrestling or was it just totally separate? Um, I think it's separate, but at the same token, you kind of learn more stuff about it. Who like, like Antonio Noki, who passed away recently, he was like the pioneer for combat sports because a lot of people under learned under his uh, toolage. Like he like took on Muhammad Ali in Japan back in the sixties and seventies. Uh, 
And what most people didn't know, it was like a, a disaster back in the day. But also at the same token, it revolutionized uh, MMA, jiu-jitsu, or whatever comes to about. So, so there's some kind of connection, supposedly, that we all don't know. So... Have you gotten really into like the the lineage and and the stories and all the different uh, you know people who compete and all that in jujitsu, or do you mostly just train? Um, I like to, you know, train and also like to look look up history behind like the trainers and whatnot and see what their story is like. What's their deal? How to comprehend like tactics? or what's their story why are they doing this just for fun or for money or just for the sake of the sport and to help their uh health is there any particular competitor you really like or any style you're like you really follow and that you've studied closely um not anyone in particular um i just like being like slow methodical i just like to take my own pace and just like practice guard and I like to do like sweeps and whatnot. I like to do like heavy on mount and be do lapel attacks. So, so you're a gi guy. Yeah. I'm a gi guy. So <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to like the gi, like there are things I really like about it, but there's something about the grips that always mess with my fingers. Like anytime I'm doing grips for a week, my like I have a hard time bending my hands after that. And I'm just like, I don't know, this is not, this is not the game for me. <laughs> Everyone either it's a love hate relationship, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all for the sport. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we all have to have tree trunk fingers, it's, it's fine. As long as we have like really good lapel chokes, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what is the culture at your gym? Like outside of the gym, do you guys hang out? Do you have like fight parties or team dinner? Oh, yeah, like, we do like, just like hang out we do like fights like ufc stuff pro wrestling stuff we do dinners and whatnot so it's almost like i'm going to my second family pretty much that's what it's like to me so and i'm thankful for that what's the size of your gym like how many people per class ish (sighs) i will say this no joke i would say a class on a good day could be about 30 to 40 people wow that's big yeah. So, and it's like, it, it's, it's insane. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's working out really well for you. Oh, absolutely. I know. I'm forever grateful for jujitsu. So. So is there any other uh, like points you want to bring up about autism awareness or, you know, jujitsu and autism that like the, the audience you think could benefit from hearing? Well, I'm, this is not just for autism awareness, but it, I think it's for everything. I think it's a great uh, program to start off with, and it's an excellent self-defense for like uh, for for people with disabilities or, or women included as well. And um, so, hopefully, and police officers who need like specialized training. So, because because what's going on in the world is totally crazy but but then again who's not crazy in this world but and and martial arts is a great can you guys just be quiet for one second (laughs) sorry continue martial arts is a great 
it's a great uh, discipline. So, and I'm very uh, thankful for that. So what, uh, before we wrap up, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to try jujitsu, is nervous, thinks they won't fit in, you know, has their hesitations? What would you say to somebody like you who wasn't sure they wanted to try it, but you think could benefit? My advice to them is um, going with an open mind. Um, People at the gym are going to be there to help you. And um, if this is something you like, it's it's totally amazing for you. And I think it's going to be a blessing for you. And it's whether it's for weight loss or whether it's something you need for mental health or something you love to do as a hobby or you do like... I know this is just getting like insane. You know, just talking about it. Because if you were to ask me this four years ago, I, if you were asking me to do this, I would have said no fucking way. Now, four years later, here I am. Um, like, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional thing about that. yesterday was 34 months. I was seizure free, thankfully. Wow, congratulations! And as of this recording. So hopefully two years away from being 36 well months, AKA three years. So three years in into jujitsu, I'm learned a lot as I've gone away. It's never going to be easy. And I always think that I believe like you do things on your own terms and um, you control your narrative and you do things your way and always set your mind to it. Cause as long as you put your mind to what you love to do, you can accomplish anything. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for promoting your cause and for, you know, getting more people into the sport. It sounds like it's been a really great thing. And I am really honored that you joined my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so if anyone's like interested or just wants to, I have an Instagram, which is, uh, Richie underscore jewel 92. And, uh, just reach out if you have questions about autism or interested in following my journey. So awesome. I will post your handle in the description of this podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much.